Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Steve Campbell as part of our series on strength and conditioning. As always, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, Matt Lucas Muay Thai, or email me at a period mattperiodlucas at gmail.com. I always reply to people's messages. Thanks to everyone that has supported me so far, sharing the podcast or leaving reviews, anything. If you'd like to leave a review, you can do so on the iTunes store. It would be super helpful. Always appreciate feedback, especially constructive criticism. I am coming out with another Muay Thai and marketing online seminar this Saturday, August 27th at 7 p.m. Thai time. If you're interested, hit me up via DM on Instagram or you can reach out to me via email. It is $75. It's a 90-minute seminar that goes over sponsorships, how to gain an audience, how to authentically market yourself. I think this is a much needed seminar for fighters, uh, gym owners, and people in the industry because if we're not marketing ourselves correctly, we're not growing as a sport. And I am definitely interested in seeing the sport grow. I'm interested in seeing the people that listen to my show grow. So hit me up if you are interested in it. Thanks, as always, to Patrick Rivera for helping me get this show started. So a little bit about Steve. He has been working with some elite-level athletes, as we will hear in the show, uh, specifically a lot of the bad company guys. So Jordan Watson, Andy Housen, Liam Harrison. And he was out here in Bangkok preparing Liam for his upcoming bout against Nango Gayanghidao who is the current one championship title holder. So big, big fight for Liam. And it's really great to hear from Steve and get a little bit of a peek at Liam's conditioning and what it is like building a fighter. So without further ado, the interview with Steve Campbell. Thank you so much for coming and meeting me here today, Steve. How are you doing? I'm okay, Matt. Yeah, so you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So you have big things going on this week um, that we'll get into. But why don't we get a little bit of background on you? You talked a little bit off air how you started as a professional rugby player and then moved into strength and conditioning, correct? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah my background's a professional rugby league player. Uh, some people might know that or might know rugby union but professional sports player and I started that when I was 11 year old and I went professional at 16 uh, and then very I very young yeah it, it, they do they, they, uh, that sort of that, that game that sport they take you on they're, they're doing it even younger now they're, mm. they're starting to sign people at 13 year old which oh wow I think that's wrong because I've seen it a lot of times you might, you've seen it in Muay Thai as well you can see someone develop at 11 or 12 13 and think wow they're going to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Get to 16 and they haven't got any taller, mm-hmm. they haven't got any stronger, they've lost, whatever, something's happened at home. So anything can happen in that in, when they're a teenager. So I don't think they should, well, in sport, they shouldn't be looking at signing people on until at least 16 year old, maybe even 18. Yeah. I think then you know, you know the person that they are, you know they're developed and then you can work on the skills from there. And what, you know, just looking at the rugby professional side, how long is that career? What time do people peak? Uh, in the, in rugby league on Union, you get forwards and backs, and the backs seem to peak early, and the forwards seem to peak a bit later because a forwards game is a bit more heavier, and you just like you're in the middle, just piling up, get taking that ball in, and just making the yards. Where at the back, you, you you're a lot more agile, a lot more faster, a lot more fitter. Well, I won't say fitter, but a lot more faster. Mm-hmm. So as you, obviously, as you get older, you lose, you tend to lose speed. But mm. that doesn't really matter if you're a forward because in the forward it's all about strength. So, yeah, in sports, in and I should imagine same as football. You know, if you're a striker, you need to have that agility, that mobility, that speed, that reaction. And as you get older, you lose that. You start, mm. you know, as you get, as in, just that's just age. Same happens in, with snooker players. That's why as, as snooker players get older, 
they start to miss shots and that's just cause the eye coordination and things just start to they just can't see that long distance shot anymore. So But I guess in terms of an age range, um, when are people sort of peaking? You said that the fronts and backs peak a little bit. I'd say I'd say peaking like for the forwards, uh, between thirty and uh-huh. onwards, thirty to thirty to four is the yeah. the peaking then. Uh, backs from a young age, twenty to twenty-eight. Mm. You know, you can peak around that time. So somewhat similar to Muay Thai. I mean, you know, we obviously we'll talk about Liam a bit, but you know, most athletes in combat sports are peaking in you know their early thirties. You know, you can push it into late thirties if you're well conditioned. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, going into the conditioning and the and the strengthening, I think that's helping people peak even more or stay at a peaked level, mm. you know, staying at a level that's they can stay at and so they can perform at a high level. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So can you talk a little bit about sort of your background in strength and conditioning? Obviously, I assume you were lifting weights or doing something yeah. when you so, were playing rugby. So when we played rugby league, uh, because it's a, f- a professional sport, they always have in the mind, in the back of the mind, that what do you do after? What do you do after playing sport? Mm-hmm. Like with any sport, what do you do after boxing, Muay Thai? What do you do? All you've done all your life is play that sport, and you haven't got any qualifications because le- I left from school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while I while I played, they always put you on the clubs I was at or the club I was at. Always put you on courses. So I did strength conditioning courses. I did nutrition. Uh, I did a sports massage course. I did a sports uh, uh, sports science uh, course. So I did all that in the in my ten years of being a rugby league player. So you exited the sport when you were about mid twenties. Yeah, I exited the sport at like twenty six, uh-huh. uh, down to family reasons and things like that, you know. And uh, and then I, I, when you leave a sport after doing it for so long, your mind's just boggled. You do <laughs> yeah. not know. You don't know what direction to go in. Mm-hmm. Every day you know what to do. Every day you're getting up, whether you're getting a train there or whatever you're driving there, you're having your breakfast, you're training midday, you've got a routine, routine, routine. And then at the end of the day, let's go, your contract's gone and you then you wake up one day and you go, right, I'm not a rugby league player anymore, I'm Steve Campbell, uh, what shall I do? <laughs> and you're just like, wow, I didn't have a clue what to do. And uh, some, my, my mum and dad just sat me down and they said, look, what do, what do you love doing? I went, training. Mm-hmm. And they went, well, you've got all your courses on that, like, why don't you just get into it? So. I set up uh, doing like little boot camps on the field mm-hmm. and I thought right I'm gonna smash it tonight and two people turned up I charged <laughs> five pounds so I got ten pound for that I was like wow I've got I can't live on this like I can't just keep doing a boot camp with two people and one of them was my mum <laughs> so well it's good that she came out to yeah, support, support. Um, and then I just build it up from there and I kept doing like two but and I didn't give in I didn't give in I did and for a few weeks there were like two people and then people were watching out of the windows like I were on this field just doing a boot camp mm-hmm. in fitness or running around pre- all that sort of stuff that you yeah. can do outside and then there were like someone turning up coming over can I join in next week yeah come next week come next week and, I, and then I built it up to like 20 people there oh that's pretty good yeah in, a, in the space of like four months oh yeah that's not bad and then I did so then I went right Let's just say, I think it was on a Tuesday, let's say, I said, right, does anyone want to do a second one? So I said, yes, I did the same field and I did two that week Mm. and then I moved to another area and I started building them up. Then I started doing really well with boot camps, Mm. people coming in and then someone one day just said, oh, do you want to do 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 a one-to-one? Do you do personal training? Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Uh, I can do, but I haven't really got a gym. I'll just do it outside. And they went, yeah, fine. And then that just just took off, one-to-ones. Then I had to go find somewhere to work. And I started working out of a, 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 a gym in Leeds called Mike Tobin's. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's Mike's, Mike's been a fighter and he's set up his gym. It's just, you know, he's had some good fighters come out of it, but it's just there for the community, really. So Mike Tobin's gym in Leeds, and he's a great guy. And I approached him and he just said, you can use upstairs if you want. Uh, you know, there weren't really loads of equipment. So, and, then, and it went from there. And then, yeah, it went that, it, that went from there then. And so when you started working at Mike Tobin's, that's when you were more exposed to the combat athletes and started working, I assume, with boxers or... So what? So while I was at Tobin's, I was still just training the general public. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't believe walking into a gym that just smelled of Thai oil. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. the general public just like, wow, they're like, this is, this is like, you know, it's a rundown place, mm-hmm. like most gyms are, but they, you get the best sessions out of those gyms, I think. 
you know when you can you see a bag and it's been it's, a bag's been hung up, hung up about 30 years you know <laughs> and you can see gloves that are stinking you know it's like yeah people work hard in this gym mm-hmm. and I've, and that actually got people people were coming to the, the, the gym where they were used to going to these fancy gyms and they were just like oh I don't know and they actually got more work done there than, and they were, they were even saying like we love coming here I don't know what it is about this place but it just brings something out of you where it, you just work hard mm-hmm. and then I was there and then I was getting approached by fighters then oh do you work at Mike Tobin do you work at Mike Tobin's uh, and then I started I first started training Jordan Watson oh uh-huh. and that's that's where this is where the Muay Thai sort of like uh, took off for me. Mm-hmm. Started training Jordan Watson. He, uh, he was sort of like a family friend, mm-hmm. and someone mentioned to him, "You should train with Steve Campbell. He's doing it. He's at, he's at Tobin's." He went, "Oh, is it? I'll give it a go." Uh, family, and it took ages for him to really approach me. Me approach him because, again, back ten years ago, it was hard for people to 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 think outside the box mm-hmm. of like. Mm-hmm. No, 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 I've got a coach, uh, Richard Smith, and we go to, I do, go to bag yeah. company gym, and I, I do bags in the morning, and I go running, yeah. and I blah, 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 and I was like, yeah, but mate, there's so much more you can do to improve mm-hmm. yourself as a fighter, like your strength, conditioning, your mobility, your mind, your, your fitness, your whatever, uh, and he was like, no, I'll give it a go, wow, i give it a go, and it, then he just smashed it, smashed it from there, so that was <coughs> 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, he had a couple of... We had a couple of fight camps together, and then obviously down at Bad Company Gym, they all trained together. And mm. then Liam approached me, mm. and, that, and then from there, we, me and Liam have never looked back. And so, how long? So you started with uh, Jordan maybe ten years ago, yeah. you said. Um, and that was sort of when he was at his most active as well. Yeah, he sort of he, yeah. Stopped. He recently had that fight. Oh yeah, that was it. that's when he was most active, like Yokao, UK number one. Yeah. Uh, number one champion, mm. and. Uh, he had a really good run. He was he was beating people left, yeah. right, centre. Yeah, that's when he was at that was that was when it was at the top of his game. And what was developing the program for him like, or what exactly were you doing? Because it, I mean, it was sort of I assume sort of new for you and new for him. Yeah, yeah. How so did you what, what I actually did was, was going into what you've got to do. I think this is what you should do with any sport. You should look into the sport, <laughs> but some people don't. Uh-huh. And, and I know we spoke about, we just spoke about like people are online and social media. They just do strength conditioning. Strength conditioning is different for everyone, mm-hmm, depending mm-hmm. on the sport, you know. And you've got to look at, like, if a, a swimmer, what, what does a swimmer do? He's getting that anterior reach of his shoulder and then he's driving back from his lap. You know, his core's got to be solid while his feet are moving up and down. So he's got, he's got loads of movements that's happening there. So then you're training totally different to a Muay Thai fighter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's people out there that don't, they just go, oh, let's just do this, because you know, they don't really understand. So yeah, when I started training uh, Jordan Watson, I thought, right, I need to start watching some fights, you know? <laughs> and I need to, and I found that, you know, when pe- you throw your kick and people catch that kick, you stun on one leg. And when you stun on one leg, you've got glute activity. Mm-hmm. And if your glute's not firing, if your glute's not fired or kick or work or your hamstrings are weak, you're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fall you over. Mm-hmm. One thing Jordan had was great balance, mm-hmm. uh, and it used to be feel like kick, and it could just stand there for it all day. Mm-hmm. Where you can you might see it in some fights where people start to hop on one leg. Yeah, yeah. That's because mm-hmm. they've got no balance, or they haven't got strength in that leg mm-hmm. to hold. They should be able to hold that bump and just push back anyway with the same with the same leg that's being caught, and that's what we work on. So I work on like hip flexor, glute activity, balance, and I, will, I looked at all that. Mm-hmm. And did you develop a program out of it, or was it specifically tailored towards Jordan at the time? Everything specifically t- tailored towards an individual. Uh-huh. Uh, I know some people do like a program, uh, which is not a, that's that's absolutely fine. Like mm-hmm. I said before, I like to be different. So we start we start a fight camp, and I, first of all, I always look, I always sit down with them. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Have we got any? What's happened since last week? What have we got? What did we pick any niggles up in that last fight? Uh, so a, f- a fight camp's not just like right, you're here. Let's get straight into this mm-hmm. because if something's not firing properly, uh, then if I get you to do a big powerful lift on a on a on a weight of of a bar, and you've got some Achilles tendon or your ankle your ankle's stiff or your elbow, you've got a bit of tendonitis in your elbow, then it's just going to hinder that even more mm-hmm. and cause more more things. So when fighters come now. Uh, they don't like it because as a fighter, fighters just want to train hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting that mentality of like, look, you can train hard soon, but let's just. So I go over like, 
a thing called FRC, which is Functional Range Conditioning. Mm -hmm. uh, so they'll come for a first couple of weeks, and all we do is mobility work, functional range conditioning work, because that's joint capsules. Mm -hmm. So if you think like you, you always stretch your muscles out, but we never actually try it. We we never look at our joints, mm. joints, joints, joints all over our body. But we always just build a muscle around that joint. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if that muscle is really strong, but that joint's weak, all that's going to happen is you're going to pull something or tear a tendon, mm -hmm. or that joint capsule in there is going to you're going to get some sort of bursitis or tendonitis or something. So they come in and I'll say, right, let's look at everything. We'll go through all the ankle movements, the knees, the hips, and they do some really light mobility training. When they pass that, then I said, right, now we can train hard, mm -hmm. and, we'll, and we'll move forward from there. You sort of have that base level of fitness or base level well, of understanding of the body, and then, okay, we can move yeah. on from well, there. If anyone comes to me and they're massively, massively like unfit, mm -hmm. years ago, I would have gone, right, yo, let's do this. I'm, I don't want to do six weeks of fat camp mm -hmm. and six weeks of fight camp, you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, so it's down to them to get fit. Mm. And all right, when we'd start doing the specific strength conditioning, specific three minute rounds of whatever, because of round, you know, and what I work, I tailor it towards a fight, then that'll get them, that'll get them that fight fit anyway. But they've got to come with a natural sort of fitness. Mm -hmm. Most of them do, you yeah. know, because they've, they've already got that in mind that they're fighting mm -hmm. and they've already been training and hitting pads. Uh, but yeah. And you fought a little bit yourself. You did a boxing fight. Yeah. Can you talk about how you incorporated, you strength and conditioning into that and what that experience was like yeah that was great actually because uh you know obviously just being a sports sports uh, sportsman and doing rugby and things like that and then training liam and jordan and andy Alson and all those fighters for me to have my own fight camp uh it was quite bizarre because i'm training myself but i just made sure i went down to bad company mm. all the time what i what i took out of that is i understand you have to put a lot of effort into yourself mm -hmm. uh, in a fight camp and fight camps are hard and some people you have, you find yourself in a fight camp and you find who you are mm -hmm. because when you've got to give your time up when you've got to travel somewhere when when you when I could have been doing PTs to earn money and I'm like no I can't because I've got to go do this so you're actually losing money to, to try and better yourself mm -hmm. in that camp it's 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 hard it's you know you might have bills to pay or this and you might have over our kids and it's and like oh no i'm in a fight camp i'm gonna lose money in this fight you, most general fighters lose money because if they're not at that level you know it's it's hard to earn that money for uh, for them and uh so yeah i just put a lot more time into myself and i did a lot of boxing sparring mm -hmm. and no better place to do it down at bad company gym i was getting knocked about <laughs> all over uh down there and i saw the improvements coming Cut first few weeks, black eyes, bust nose. Mm -hmm. Second few weeks, just a couple of little grazes. Mm -hmm. And then last few weeks, hardly anything. And I was thinking, right, I'm getting better here. You uh -huh. know. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. And so you had the boxing fight. Um, it was about four or five years ago, right? Yeah, that was, yeah I think I was about... Uh, oh, 42. What else? I might have been 36. Mm -hmm. Something like that. And I said to Liam, I said... You know, you've got to experience, uh, you've got to know the experiences and, ha and the feelings. And I didn't have that feeling of being a fighter. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. just had, I just knew how to train fighters, uh, but I wanted it. So like the nerves, how does it feel in the changing rooms? How does it feel training when you've got to lose weight and mm -hmm. you've got to make weight, but you've still got to try and keep fit and, and keep that strength and that sharpness when, you, when your body's telling you you're tired. Everything that's happening right now to us here with you. And you've got to keep that focus in mind and that why, you know, and I keep telling that to Liam now, like, you, there's one thing, word I just keep putting in his mind and I just keep saying, why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why? Why are you here? Why yeah. are you doing this? Why do you want it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and yet, and then Liam went, well, do it then. Do, do, you know, do a fight. Cause I, and I said, because I want that feeling in that change. So when I'm, when I'm massaging him down, I know how, how he's felt sort of feeling. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I had a couple of fights just to get that experience for me. And just giving me a bit of knowledge of what a fighter feels like and how it feels going through. So when now I can say to people, look, I've done a fight camp. And mm. I'm doing it now with Liam, basically. I'm losing mm. the weight and I'm cutting everything. Uh, so it was, just, it was just purely for experience and a bit of, and gaining a bit of knowledge. What, what about that experience surprised you? That you were maybe, maybe you saw with other athletes, but then when you experienced it yourself, you were like, oh, this is a lot harder or easier or this is a lot different than what I thought. 
Yeah, uh, the mood. The mood. Yeah. Do you know when you, you do you know when you see a, a fighter and he's at the back end of his fight camp, like Liam now, you know, one week off compared to two or three weeks ago, that that bit more that sort of laugh, he had that laugh in him uh, and now it's it's got serious. Mm. Yeah, now he's switched on. Everything mm. is switched on right now. Mm. One week out, it's it's thinking about it all the time. Mm. And I used to, I didn't get that. I probably didn't get that, but I, I get it now. And mm. I got it when I was training myself because like one week out, I was making weight and I was, and I was. But the thing with me as well, I'm probably most multi fighters out there. They probably still got to work. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be a scaffolding. They could be labouring, and they've got to go to work while they're making weight. And while they're trying to think about a fight, that is so, so hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to the elite level, at least you've got that opportunity to be able to just concentrate on yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you've still got to work at the side of fighting, wow, that's extremely hard. And uh, yeah, so I sort of understood that a lot more because I was still working and I was trying then focusing on that fight. So yeah, I understood that a lot more. That's interesting and can definitely see that. Do you, so you've worked with a few different athletes, Andy, Liam, Jordan, do you do, you said you tailor everything towards the athlete, but do you do like periodization at all? Because other uh, coaches I've talked to have done that. Yeah, so uh, back in the, back in England in Leeds, there's a a strength conditioning guy called Nat Robinson, and I'll throw, I'll mention his name because he's a good lad, Uh and uh, a few years ago I went to go live in Abu Dhabi, in Uh Dubai, just to have an experience of working out there and I was working with some people out there and uh, I, I only came back because of Covid but I was going to sort of like try and make a go of it out there and set something up and all that, I had a bit of a dream <laughs> and Covid came and just kiboshed it, <laughs> yeah. it kiboshed the dream uh, and I was doing pretty well out there and I was starting to get a name and people were training with me and people were like oh uh, and it was going really well and like I said Ky- uh, Covid came, kiboshed that so while, while I went away I thought I was going to be away. F- I sold my house and everything. Oh wow! Yeah, I did it. I did mm-hmm. it. I did the. I did it full. I did it mm-hmm. good. You know, I didn't just go half-hearted. Sold my house, sold my car, said goodbye to my kids. But they were. They came over to see me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was loving it. I was out there for uh, a year and a half. Uh, so while I was while I left, Liam goes, "You can't go. Who's going to do all my training?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I sort of like had him in mind anyway. But I was looking around, and Liam went, "I'm going to go. I'm going to go train with this guy." And I went, "No." Train with a guy called Nat Robinson, mm-hmm. young kid, up and coming, uh, very enthusiastic, knows what. So I messaged Nat, and then now them two work together. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I COVID, and I came back, came back, and then I was, once you come, once you go, once you've, once you, you, you might, I don't know if you, you go somewhere, and if it doesn't work out, you, people go, oh, you can come back, you don't yeah. go back, mm-hmm. you don't go back, it's done. Yeah. You, you know, I came back, and I just sort of back into UK life again. So Liam goes, oh, I'll come and train with you. I'll, I'll set, we'll get it. And I went, look, let's just, you can work with both of us. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. I'll do mine and he can do his. Because, yeah. and I think more and more and more now, it's good for fighters to experience work, work working with different people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you haven't got that jealous streak. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because people do not like, you know, he, work, he only works, he only works with me. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I am this coach, I am that coach. Like, but if it, are they actually doing that for themselves or are they doing that for the fighter? Mm, because if you mm-hmm. are more, if you care about the fighter, you won't mind him going down there to train with someone for an hour if it yeah. improves him. Mm-hmm. You won't mind going over there to train him for an hour if it improves him. You know, he's coming back to you and whatever. But some people don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it used to be quite a big thing in Muay actually, I think. Yeah, you, you absolutely. See, you only stayed with that coach, you only stayed in that gym. If you got found training or sparring somewhere else, I think you got, you know, you probably got kicked out of the gym or whatever. You don't go down there again, that's your last warning. Like. Why is that? But so uh, yeah. But, oh, but he started working with Nat a little bit, and Nat was doing more of the periodization, or no, you so, started no, moving so, that uh, into that. So the periodization. So yeah, Nat does his thing, and I'll do my thing, and we do we, we do tailor it mm-hmm. with it all. Some fighters come to <laughs> some fighters come and go. Last minute, got a cat. I've got a fight on. Uh-huh. When are you fighting? Two weeks. What? <laughs> Right, well, look, look, we're not having a fight camp, and you've got to kibosh everything. Mm-hmm. What you, or the perfect, the, the perfect sort of camp is a twelve-week camp. Uh, yeah. Yeah, ten weeks are decent, is is decent as well. But twelve weeks is perfect because I get to do what I like, what what I'd like to put into a twelve-week camp, which is that two weeks of 
mobilization, mm -hmm. light movement, looking at uh, balance and coordination, and just giving them like a, a tick over because getting them ready to train hard, mm -hmm. uh, putting the tension, putting the putting all the joints and the tendons under quite a bit of tension, just by like movements, and then we can train hard. But if they don't, even if someone goes, oh, I've got six weeks, I've got I've, I've got to sort of miss that out. Mm -hmm. I've got to go straight into right. I've got six weeks. How much do you weigh? Right. Let's look at like this. I was, you know, you can't start lifting weights really because if you do, you're only going to lift weights a few weeks. Because mm -hmm. a few weeks, four weeks, getting closer to the fight, you know, you lift heavy for a, at the beginning of a periodization, mm -hmm. and then as you, you start to tailor it down, weights go on and on. You, you get more powerful, you get stronger, you get fitter, and then as you as you're getting closer to the fight, your weights go. You know, you might keep that bit of explosive movement in there, so you can work with some light weights, just mm -hmm. doing some jumps and plyometric movements. Resistance bands come into play. I think closer you get to a fight, so then you're still keeping a bit of tension and that, and keeping those fast twitch muscles switched on. Uh, so there's always a periodization in a fight camp, but it always depends. It, I've not had one that's been the same for every. So like Liam, we've all, we've had a different camp every time he comes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's ten, sometimes it's eleven, sometimes it's six, and I've, like you know. Or you might turn up and go, I'm injured, but I still want to do something. Mm -hmm. So it's always different. But yeah, there's definitely like, you start here and you, you've got a goal to reach. And that's making weight and be as fit and as strong and as fast and as powerful as you can in 10 weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's turn things uh, a little bit towards this specific fight camp. Obviously, you you guys had a fair amount of notice about it. Yeah. Uh, 12, 12 weeks or more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you tailor things, uh, this fight camp, and how did it change from others? Yeah, so it's been a really good fight camp, and uh, like I said, we've had enough time. This one, because of the importance of the, the fight, obviously, to Liam, and, and everyone around him was working with him, it's been quite a... Uh, making sure that we're done, we're not, we're not two weeks in front, we're, mm. we're not pushing it where we should be pushing it, because mm -hmm. in a fight camp, when you're training, you can burn out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where nutrition comes into play. But so making sure that, like, look, we had some sessions where it, it, it came and it was like wanting to fire it in. I was like, just ease off, mate. Yeah. Ease off. Mm -hmm. We've got eight weeks left. We've got nine weeks left. We're going to start picking it up. But it went, yeah, but I'm ready now. Bam, let's go, let's go, let's go. All you're going to do is burn out. Yeah. So if you can get as strong as you, you can get so strong, but if you are, if you get strong, like, like too early, you can't you can't keep lifting those big lifts anyway. Mm. So you taper off after a few weeks, and then you try and pick it back up again because you try and pick it back up at the point where you should be getting strong. Mm -hmm. So you just go, and then and then you feel a bit, a bit depleted, uh, tired, and then all that sort of thing kicks into place. But yeah, we've had a really good camp. So we've got to do all the all the mobility work, all the agility work at the beginning. He's done all his lower body, upper body explosive workouts. You know, lifting heavy, peaking, getting stronger getting all the resistance bands in, plyometric jumps, uh, side lateral movements. And then we've just, what I, what I do is, I don't know if other people do this, but I make it fight, uh, I make it like a fight. So mm -hmm. it'll come in and I'll go, right, today we've got five three minute rounds. And we'll say, right, and I'll just make a disgusting three minute round of like 100 meters on a ski erg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a couple of kettlebell swings box jump, an explosive throw on a wall with a ball, and then we've got to keep repeating that for three minutes. Just mm -hmm. bump, just as many rounds as you can. Two minute rest, we'll go again. And we'll just, oh, and we change that up. Because as you get closer, it's like a runner. You know, you, you want to be looking at, you know, doing 10Ks or whatever, 10K runs. And then as you get closer to a fight, you don't want to do a 10K runs. You mm -hmm. want to be doing a, uh, a 400 meter sprint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a 100 meter sprint. 10 times, mm -hmm. getting that sharp burst, like out of breath, go again, out of breath, go again, mm -hmm. out of breath, go again. But at the beginning, it's just duration. It's just like, just building up that engine really. Mm -hmm. And then as you get, imagine having a car that's got a nice engine on it and you're building it up and then you take it to a sports shop and, you, and then you just let them put all the new little valves in and you put an exhaust on it and you just, you pimp the car out. Mm -hmm. And basically that's what strength conditioning is, yeah. Mm -hmm. They turn up, and it's a nice car model, and then you pimp it out for that six weeks, or eight weeks, and ten weeks, mm. and you get that car running with that brake horsepower, that mm. energy, that power, that putting that foot down, and, put, and so they've got that throttle. Uh, yeah, so that's what it is. 
That makes sense. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about nutrition in there as well. And yeah. you you did some courses while you were still in rugby about nutrition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how that ties into strength and conditioning? Yeah, so I've got an A-level in nutrition diploma and uh, sports sports science as well. So that's all, that's all inter incorporated into the nutrition side of things. And nutrition is, for me, the, the, the number one mm -hmm. element what you look at first. Mm. So... And, and I know, like, at sport, when people come to a fight camp uh, and, you, and you do all the, the agility and mobility stuff, but most people, if, it, if I get someone who's new, because so, Liam understands it all now, but if I get someone who's new, I do sit down with them straight away and just go, right, um, do you know how many calories you're on? Mm -hmm. do, you, do, do you know what to, what, how many meals you want? Do you know what your macros should be? Your macros are your carbs, proteins and fats. Mm -hmm. Do you know how to work that out? And they just look at me like, <laughs> like they just look like what I'm just want to I just want to train yeah. and I was like yeah but do you not understand so every kilogram of weight is uh, us sitting here now we're burning calories just sitting down mm -hmm. so every kilogram of weight is, is allowed 25 calories mm -hmm. right so uh, when you when I come to do a, a fight camp well, I work I will, I'll work out 60 60 you know 65 66 kilos Liam 65.5 We'll work out how many calories he needs to get down to that weight, but also then, how many calories does he burn while he's training? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. some people think, oh, I only need to eat 1,400 calories. No, you don't. You're training twice a day. So if you train twice a day, burning 1,000 calories, and you don't put all in, you're only left with 400 calories. Yeah, I mean, you are depleted. Your mm -hmm. body's gonna, you, you'll, you'll get injuries from that. You won't sleep good. You'll be moody. You'll be dehydrated. All this lot comes into place, and then and they can't perform when they're training. I've had so many people not all train with me. And you might have heard it yourself, oh, I was so tired in that camp. Well, that's, they're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you should be tired while, you, while you've trained and, and maybe the, the hour after, because that's what training's all about. Mm -hmm. But the next morning you wake up, you should be feeling all right again, yeah. ready, to, ready to go again, ready to do something totally different as well. Mm -hmm. uh, going into like all the spots training what we we're talking about you should never just do the same thing all the time because that's just gets repetitive that's why we always mix things up mm -hmm. uh, so nutrition is key to anything for any athlete for any for any sport and obviously you get you're looking into with Muay Thai they've got I think you've got to have a perfect balance with Muay Thai mm -hmm. you've got to have the carbs for the energy mm -hmm. you know they, they want to keep strong so they've got to have that protein in there and then the fats the fats are there just to like your body thrives on fats, and if you cut fats out of your body, then you, you, you deplete yourself in a lot of ways. Uh, going into like, look, if you're a weightlifter competing in rugby league or in, a, in that sort of like, that big sport environment, then you've got to look at like, protein and keeping that weight on and bulking up. But with a, with a, a Muay Thai athlete, if they're losing weight as well, if they've got to lose weight for a fight, they, they, they go, right, I'm just gonna cut, uh, well, let's say at the beginning, I'll get a fighter come to me and I'll just go. I'll say right, right, right out your program for me. Right, just give me so give me an idea of what you eat like. Mm -hmm. And I swear down, I've had some <laughs> shocking <laughs> menus. <laughs> I was like, well, that would not work in in a cafe, would it? So I've had some menus and they're just like, yeah, I have uh, two slices of toast in the morning and then I'll have uh, some uh, jacket potato with something else. Blah 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 blah. And I'll say right, okay, you're having a lot of carbs there. Where's your protein? Where's your mm -hmm. fats? And, I'll, and then the other. The other is, uh, is well, they do it the other way around as well. People go, oh, uh, I'm on that keto diet, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'll just go, wow, right? Why? Oh, uh, I went because are you a fighter? Or are you a body? Are you like, are you just trying to get in shape? Because mm -hmm. if you're a fighter, you need energy, mm -hmm. and if you're on keto, you've got no energy whatsoever. But you might look good, take your t-shirt off, well done, you've got abs, but doesn't mean you're a great fighter if you've got a six-pack. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what? I guess more specifically, what is sort of the dive for Liam in this fight, and how is it different from others? Uh, every every fight comes the same in, a, in mm. with nutrition. You, you won't you don't change anything because he's got to make the same weight. Mm -hmm. So and what's different is what's different for others is the food that you're allowed to eat. Mm -hmm. So like Liam realizes that he can't have too much rice, believe mm -hmm. it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, even even though there's not much sugar in rice, there's no sugar in rice, but there's carbs. But if he has too much rice, he feels bloated. Where, yeah. where the ties? Wow! Yeah, I would, I would at the York House. Rice, uh, yeah. Well, been training down there, and you, and they've been eating on the morning while we're there, and they <laughs> pile rice on, <laughs> yeah. pile it on. And Liam went, "Wow, mate, look at that!" And I said, 
we if I had that if we had that much rice, we'd blow up. So whether whether it's just the your nationality, where where you've come from, sort of like your your origin of what, how you've been brought up. Mm. I think your body gets used to. Ties have been brought up on rice since yeah, we've been yeah. babies. We mm. haven't. So if we put that into our bodies now, oh, pilot, oh, we'll put we'll just put about two stone on. <laughs> yeah. uh, so nutrition, but also food. Like mm-hmm. food is this is what you've got to. Food is different for everyone, mm-hmm. and that's the hardest bit. Because somebody might, you might, I might have a great nutrition plan. Give it to you, and you'll go, bloody hell, Steve. Like I'm no, it's not working. Yeah. I'll be like. Eh. And then I'll realise, well, you know what, we shouldn't be having that sweet potato, mm. we shouldn't be having that, that's probably holding weight or that's reacting to you differently. Mm. We need to cut that out and cut that out. So, you, this is the hardest bit. It's like, you know, you can't just say, well, that's works for Liam, so this mm. will definitely work for you because you might mm. just go, it's like that experiment. If you put 10 people in a room all on the same nutrition plan, they'll all look totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Is it because of the food? No, it's because of the body mm-hmm. and how the body reacts to it. So, and has it been harder or different uh, with the food out here versus out in the UK? Because, I mean, the diet out here in Thailand is way different than in yeah. the UK. Uh, well, I'm doing this with Liam right now. So, so like, I've, we've been out here two weeks and I've lost a stone. How much is a stone? Uh, seven kilos. Oh, that's a shitload of weight. In two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but there's, there's, there's reasons behind that. Number one, we're in another country where we, you know, we, we're focused. We haven't got a fridge full of food. We, we haven't got cupboards full of food. There's nothing in our rooms. We don't, yeah. we don't buy anything in. So when we get bored, we don't, we don't bored, and you look around and you just don't know what to do. So you, you'll eat or drink. So it, there's all that come into place. But like, you, you can re- eat really healthy here. But also, wow, you can. I've been. I haven't done. I haven't touched anything bad but mm-hmm. I'm coming back to Bangkok to eat badly and I'm coming back I'm coming back to eat and drink right after this fight camp but well uh, but all we've been having here is the morning glory uh, the minced meat a uh, little bit of rice leaving what we've been doing every day is looking at each other and saying be in control so we leave a little bit of rice even though we're hungry just because we're in control of it mm-hmm. and uh, having that mindset there so you can eat really healthy and I suppose you can do that in, in any you know in back home in Leeds we, you can eat healthy, but while well, because we're here, we seem to be eating a lot healthier, more mm-hmm. healthier here. But is that just because as you get closer, you get more focused? Mm-hmm. You know, we have, like you said, we have, we're not at home. No one's cooking for us. No one's bringing it to us, and all that sort of thing comes into play. So, mm-hmm. if you want to get, if you want to take yourself out of your comfort zone, I, I think you've got to sort of like do this. I think you've got to take yourself away from your normal sort of routine, mm-hmm. and uh, that'll that'll help you make weight better. Mm. Because if you've got your mates around, you're phoning you up. Do you want to go? Yeah. Uh, we're off out. Do you want to come? Or oh, cinema this week? Drop. And you just look. There's always some over here. All we're doing is training back to the room, training back to the room, mm. eat, train back to the room. So routine, routine. Actually, that's a great word. Routine consistency is key mm. Uh, mm. in anything in life, but also in your fitness and in your nutrition. You know, bam, bam, bam. And. Uh, I guess moving back a little bit to some of the athletes you worked with, you also worked with Amber Kitchen. Yeah. What was that like? And, you know, you said you worked with uh, Jordan and Andy and Liam. You know, is there a difference between ages and, you know, genders and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, definitely a difference between gender, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with, with what sort of weights they can lift. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they can't do that weight. Uh, sorry, that lift. They, they do the lift. They just do it to... Uh, what the, you know the, what their bodies are capable of but uh, Amber were well, great to work with I, I've only done a few sessions of her I'd mm. like to work with a lot more but what we, what I do with Amber is we, we keep we keep in touch online because uh, obviously she's down she's like six hours away from Mike so she comes up to Leeds sometimes oh, yeah. so she lives like six hours away that's down. quite far yeah so and I, I just did a seminar at her gym before I came away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we keep we keep we keep in touch online. She asked me about training, what to look like. She's, she's kept in touch with me now. She's in Singapore. She's telling me about her weight and what it is and what we've got to do. What shall I eat while I'm here? So I'm going to catch up with her when I get to Singapore. And I just said, look, you, for your last week, I'll help you. I'll I'll help you keep it get get you get your weight down while I'm there. Yeah. So yeah, we keep going. But Amber was very uh, agile, very fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when she turned up, she was focused. So yeah, I had, a, I had some good sessions with her. Yeah. Uh, and you said you did a seminar at Touchstone Gym recently. What was that like, and 
What did you do? Yeah, touch gloves. Uh, I went down touch to. Um, I was down in uh, Newquay, down that way. So she lives. She lives just like six hours away, down mm-hmm. south from London, further down from there. So I did a seminar for the uh, my new website that's just come out, the Midas Wellness, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the, the the website was based on the four elements of what the Midas is built on. Mm-hmm. So the Midas is built on nutrition, mm-hmm. movement, which which is the first two that I spoke about before you're doing a fight camp. Then your exercise, and then your mind, mm. and anything in life. If you put all four things together, you know you, you you're in the right direction. But if you're a fighter, you definitely want those four elements: mm-hmm. nutrition, movement, exercise, and mind. You want those four elements. So mm-hmm. went down to this. I went down, did a seminar, two hours. But me being me, I'm passionate. I did two and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just went over, but I was loving it. And I did a big talk on nutrition, how to make weight. Well, it's not even about how to make weight. You'll make weight once you cut your calories down. It's quite, it's quite straightforward, really. Mm-hmm. Less calories, more output, you know. And that's how you make weight. It's all about the sugar and the salt content mm-hmm. in your body. So you've got to look. You've got to really like. Look, me and Liam now we're cutting the carbs out now, which is we're cutting the salt out, we're cutting the sugar out, and we're just going to go onto that protein and vegetable diet. Uh, so yeah, did a 30 minute thing on nutrition, movement, exercise, and at the end I did loads of breathing techniques because mm-hmm. while you're training, or there's loads of, you know, anxiety kicks in and manifesting your thoughts and sometimes your head, your head just float away. So I did loads of like little breathing techniques just to get people back into the zone. Uh, there's one, there's a breath, there's a breath called breath of fire, which is just, mm-hmm. have you heard of it? Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, it's like a bunch of sharp exhales, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're just going in and out, in and out, uh, really, really, forcing energy in and forcing it out, forcing it in, forcing mm. it out with the in- inhale of the nasal and, and exhale of the nasal. Uh, and they actually use that in like, so I've been told in like SES, in the armed forces, mm-hmm. just before they're going into battle because it, it picks you up. It does mm-hmm. really give you that bam. If anyone's feeling tired, give it a go. Like if anyone's in an office and they're just tired or, or, they're, or they're going into a training session, they're sat in the car, they should just sit in the car and for a minute just do some uh, breath of fire work. Mm. And it just it just pumps oxygen into your body, and mm-hmm. it just lifts you up. Mm. And can we talk a little bit about the new site and what is going on with it? You're it's launching in about a month. No, so <laughs> it's it's got actually gone live. It's gonna oh. go. It's gonna go. It's gonna go live on Monday. Okay. Yeah. So by the time this comes out, it will be. It'll live. be live. Yeah. It'll be live now, guys. Uh, so it's the Midas. Uh, dot uk, and uh, jump on there. There's lots of free advice on there, but also when you remember, you get to unlock all the little videos mm-hmm. and all the things that are on it. And we've got, it's built on the four pillars, like I said, nutrition. And I go through, we've got a nutritionist on site. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a nutritionist, you, like what I was speaking to you about before, like you've got to give people, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to know where your place is mm-hmm. in life sometimes. And there's people that know more about nutrition than me. Mm-hmm. There's people that know more about whatever than me, you know. Uh, so we've got a nutritionist on site who's anti-doping, sport exercise. Uh, she's got the, she's she's got uh, graduates thing against all against the name. And so she's got honors, bachelor honors, and she's an on-site nutritionist. So anyone who's on the site gets 20% off straight away. Mm. So you can, and with nutrition, you don't have to, you know, just because she's in England, you can do things. You can talk to her, mm-hmm. and she can help you out there and then. Because like I said, we're going back to the food. You might have an allergy, you might have this, you might have that. So that gets a little bit more out of my depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, loads of videos on carbs, proteins and fats. We've got recipes on there, what, what I cook, how I mm-hmm. cook. We've got, I've got a food table, what I've made up, uh, which, what, what foods to be, to be really, to try and follow in, mm-hmm. a, in a normal day life. And then we've got recipes on there off that food, which look really good, like leftover chicken wrap, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of throwing it, keep that chicken, blah, 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 make it all the next day. Movement, going into that FRC stuff that I talked mm. about, functional range conditioning. I do all the moves, loads of little movements on there. I've got exercises on there for beginners, you know, mm. and this is for anyone really, it doesn't have to be a fighter, but beginner, intermediate, advanced, loads of strength conditioning workouts, things that I've done with Liam. And then I've got somebody on there who's a, a yoga teacher, mm-hmm. and doing loads of yoga exercises. And so it's just a, it's a wellness uh, website really, which is for everyone to join in with. Mm. Yeah, that's a great idea, and it's it seems like that model is of having sort of online schools is really growing a lot. Yeah, was that you know you saw Liam or you saw other people in the fitness industry doing it, and so then you picked it up. The, 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 these uh, the Midas, the name the Midas. I've had I've had that dream for like 
ages in my mind. Mm. Like I've always wanted to do a website where I offer the four pillars. So in that, in that, in the, in any camp, I'll do the four pillars mm. in any camp, whether it's six or eight, I'll try and condense it all in. But I'm always putting the four pillars together. And whoever comes to me, because I do, I try and do a little bit of coaching now as well with lifestyle coaching, and I'll put that four pillars straight into place. Because mm-hmm. I just think those four pillars are what hold you up and just keep you strong. Nutrition, movement, exercise, and mind. I don't. If you stick to them and improve yourself on them, one percent every single day, on each different ones, you're gonna you're gonna improve yourself no matter what in life. Uh, so yeah, and then during lockdown, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I'd have had it then and there and then. So I'm probably a year or so too late at the minute, but I wish I had it there and then, because whoever set up something in lockdown, wow, they're, they're kicking it, mm. you know, they're smashing it. But I'm hoping to do something different. Uh, and there will be a 50% discount code when it goes live, so it'll probably still be live while, while, yeah. we, while this goes out, so yeah. Um, and then just sort of wrapping things up, can we talk a little bit about some of the specific things that are going on with you this coming week? Uh, because you, you've mentioned it a bit before, you're fasting right now with uh, Liam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what's, what the, sort of, <laughs> what's the schedule for the weekend going into this big fight against Nongo? Stop looking at uh, videos of food. <laughs> and uh, talk, we, all we've been doing last night, me and Liam, last night, because we, we, we're in separate rooms, is sending videos and clips and someone making stuff. Yeah. And I was <laughs> like, wow. So, so uh, look, it's the last week of the biggest fight of his career mm-hmm. and we, we, we want him to stay focused but relaxed mm-hmm. so no, we, we're getting out and about uh, we, we, we're tailoring down now we, we, we had his last session the other day at Yokao we've had mm-hmm. a real hard two weeks here uh, come back home we was training well but over here the heat mm-hmm. hitting the pads in that heat uh, sweating dehydration hydration so We've had a really, really hard two weeks. We're tapering it off now. He's fast, he's fit, he's strong, uh, he's focused. It's the best I've seen him. Mm. Uh, I'm super, super excited. Something special is going to happen. And now it's all about, this is the hardest bit, mm-hmm. not doing anything now. Mm-hmm. Not saying, oh, should we, should we go do something else? Should we just go hit? No, mate. We, all right, when we get flight to Singapore, he's going to hit some pads on the morning and just tick over and he's making weight. You know, we've got, we've got a couple of kilos to lose while we're there. but. The hardest bit's been done, mm-hmm. or has it? Maybe now the hardest bit is now is keeping focused <laughs> and waiting and waiting and focusing mm-hmm. and that wait because he's ready. He's ready right now. Uh, so yeah, keeping keeping focused and keeping him relaxed. And I, we'll do. A, I'll do a lot of massages. Out. What we can do now, what you find is in a fight camp, the beginning bit, you always sort of repeat near the end. So now I'll go back to bit of agility, bit of movement, FRC, just loosening off his body, mm. keeping him nice and relaxed. We might do a couple of like little explosive jumps, bum, bum, just to keep everything fired because you don't want things to go to sleep too mm. much, but you want them just to stay there. So you don't want to work them, but you want to make sure that they're there. Just like on a car where you've got your revs up, you, you know, the revs are up, you don't want them to drop too down, too down, you might, ch- you, might you know, uh, what's the word? Like, um but stall the car, yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? You might yeah, stall yeah. the car sort of thing. You just want those revs there. So we're keeping his revs there and we're just we're just making him sure that he's ready just to go boom when mm-hmm. he wants to. So yeah, that's where we are right now. Sounds good. I'm very excited for the fight. You know, wrapping things up, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Uh, in life in general or what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's in fight, a, fights for fight specific people. Yeah, fight, fight Look, specific. Look, anyone that's wanting to be a fighter or always enjoying fighting and loving fighting, at the end of the day, you've got to love what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard work. Now, Liam got where he was before all this strength conditioning came mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. So there's too many people. I think, believe, watching too many things and going straight into strength conditioning, getting a boxing coach, getting a nutrition thing, and they've had two fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to build. You need to. You need. You need to build your skill and your craft around Muay Thai first. This goes in any sport. Mm-hmm. And once you've got your craft and you are the best that you are, but you haven't developed anything else, then go develop. Mm-hmm. I'll call them motor skills. Go develop your other motor skills. But 
you get people going straight to Muay Gym. I want to be a fighter and I'm going to do some strength conditioning next week with so and so. And he comes in and he gets five coaches straight away. Mm. I was like, you've had one fight, mate. Like, <laughs> like, so anyone else wants to be a fighter, concentrate on you, making sure you've got a good coach, a good gym, uh, good friends around you that understand that you know if that's what if that's if, if you're really focused on Muay Thai then you've got to change you've got to change your life a little bit you can't mm. just be going out all the time on the piss and things like that uh, if you focus on that and then yeah develop develop your develop your skill and then move it into strength conditioning and other things because mm. other people do it all the way around they'll do loads of strength conditioning and and then and then try and go to Muay Thai you know thinking look at me took my top off like spoke about he's massive he's ripped. And some people go, oh, he's, he's going to be... I'm on fights if you watch where people go in, into the rings and they go, wow, I bet he's going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet he's going to win. And other little guy who's got nothing about him destroys him. Yeah. yeah. And that always happens. Just because you're big and you're strong and you've got and you've got an athletic body doesn't mean you're a good fighter. Mm. So look, concentrate on yourself, your fight game, and then improve yourself. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time, Steve. Uh, can you just tell me the name uh, of your website and where people can find you? Yeah, so... Uh, Instagram, uh, The Midas Wellness, and the website is themidas.co.uk. So you can jump on that website. Uh, there's going to be a 50% code on there, but I'm going to put it on my Instagram page. Also, I've got a, an Instagram page called Stephen underscore PT underscore Coach Campbell. That's my, that's my personal page where I've got a lot of things going on there as well. So I've got two pages, that one and the Instagram for The Midas Wellness. So yeah, guys, give that a follow, and uh, if you get in touch with me, and we can sort something out. All right, thank you so much. Cheers, Matt. So that was a great interview with Steve. Definitely appreciate him taking his time out. Excited for his new product, Project Midas, to come out. Also, really interesting to see how his career developed. I think one of the fantastic things for him was getting all that education uh, when he was a professional rugby player. That is not something that is happening with Muay Thai at the moment, but is something that is desperately needed. The infrastructure of the sport just isn't really there for people after sport. Um, and that is something that I'm interested in changing. One of the reasons why I put so much of an emphasis on marketing, on developing skills. Uh, that way you can prolong your Muay Thai journey and your Muay Thai career. And you can see people like Steve doing a lot for Muay Thai by increasing the you know, capacity of elite level athletes like Liam, enabling him to fight longer, to fight stronger, to fight better. So really appreciate Steve coming on the show. Look forward to seeing more from him. Again, he has that Project Midas coming out. Uh, it will be live by the time this show comes out. So definitely go check it out. And again, if you are interested in growing your fan base, especially if you are a Muay Thai fighter, you want to grow your fan base, build sponsorships, get more fights. I'm teaching the media and marketing for Muay Thai fighters online seminar this Saturday, August 27th is $75. You can DM me for registration. This has been I'm Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people.